0: Welcome to another episode of 7 Million Bikes My name is Neil Mackay, I'm your host as always Thank you for listening So today my guest is Susan Lee Hi Susan Hello Now Susan's uh, another Canadian, you're the third
1: Canadian That's crazy That's been on the show
0: So Susan uh, has been very busy since she got to Saigon. She has helped to co-found the Saigon Soul Pool Parties, which were a mainstay of the Saigon scene in the summer, one of the coolest things to do. Um, She's helped co-found the Female Expats Group, also known as the Fexpats, which has now over 12,000 members and about to celebrate its fifth year. So that's a Facebook group just for females. Um, She's also co-founded the Honey Badger Events, which has cool events going on all over the city. And just because she's not busy enough, she's about to open her own bar with Matt Ryan of Union Jacks, which the name is still to TBD, right? So we're going to look out for that one. And also, which is one of the coolest things ever, when I was talking to Susan to set up this uh, podcast interview, she's actually listened to all of the 7 Million Bikes episodes, which is cool. So I think you're the first guest who's also a listener female expats um t- describe what is the female
1: expats group then it's female expats and locals of Ho Chi Minh City um so when we first anytime you move to a new place you're always wondering where to find things how like f- trying to find the lay of the land and so uh you can ask in group forms but the thing is there's a lot of group forms there that quickly spiral into something completely negative. And so, uh, actually, my friend Joanne Murphy was the first person to approach me. He's like, look, you know, I want to ask these questions. I can't ask it on these forums. Do you want to start a group? And so she came up with the idea, and I was like, yeah, I'm on board. And that's how it all started was because we wanted to ask questions about where to find things. Yeah, Yeah. Because it's like a safe space for women, right? Yes, it's super safe. Uh, We have... Rules a lot of rules, but it's the way that's the reason why it's such a safe place to ask questions it's very positive um, people are like always thanking us for creating this group um, I really love it and I'm so glad that it happened um, I think it's just I think being in the community here uh, there's such a small population of expats it's so important that uh, we kind of stick together but I mean I love the locals on it too like they they're the ones with the really good insights and um it's all about like blending people in bringing each other closer and that's kind of what I find the female expats group to be um so we just call it fexpats for short because female expats and locals of Ho Chi Minh City (laughs) is quite long yeah
0: and you're celebrating your fifth year
1: yes that's crazy June 29th is our fifth year wow
0: yeah that's amazing. Yeah. And so we've not discussed this yet. Um, do we? Let's talk about why did you need to create a safe space?
1: Well, there's a lot of bored people in Ho Chi Minh. And so some of the expat forums are full of trolls. And like you can ask something simple and it just gets, abu- could get very abusive uh, about nothing. Like mm. it could be like, oh, I'm trying to find like, runners but I don't want to go to like a really expensive store where can I find a decent pair that's not like a complete knockoff that's going to fall apart in like two days and then it will go from there like chances are someone's gonna like say something super negative like why don't you uh, go back to your own country <laughs> one, right? yeah. yeah and so I don't
0: know because I don't know every group in the world, but um, I don't know if it's unique to Saigon. So if you've, if you've, if you're listening and you lived in Saigon or you have lived in Saigon, you understand what we're talking about. If you've never lived here and you're listening, the Facebook groups in Saigon for expats are supremely negative. Many of them, and and exactly what Susan's saying. You can ask anything innocuous, and it just turns into just horrible. Like to the point, so to the point where you don't want to post in these groups right yes I've left most of them I'm only a member of the few of them and it's a shame because there's sometimes that you want you know a safe place and I'm I'm not female so I can't join their group I'll get my wife to maybe ask in the female (laughs) expats group and then she can find out for me
1: I've actually it's funny that you said that you ask your wife to post on female expats we hear that all the time it's like anytime they have a question it's like Uh, Wifey, girlfriend, can you do me a favor? Can you post it on FextPaths for me, please? Because you'll actually get answers versus, like, Why are you here? You should learn how to do it yourself. Or, like, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get. And it's always just, like, it it spirals into something that has nothing to do with the original question. Like, people just, like, start putting in their comments
0: and I, I've, I've always wondered how many of those people actually even live in Saigon because I've definitely seen people make comments and you kind of look and I'm pretty sure they don't live here because anyone can join them and it's like why are you wasting your time on this group like I'm just trying to find out an answer to something that I need help with so um it's been a, it's a, a, one of the, the negative things about living here is the Facebook groups but I think it's getting better I know Lawrence Young started a non-troll Facebook group that's it's getting more and more members. I not think, think it's up to, like, a 1,000 members now, and that feels like a bit of a safer place. But that's cool. I didn't know that I'm not the only one that asks <laughs> a wife to post.
1: I hear that all the time, all the time. And the thing is, like, I know there's been a few groups that they've tried to do, like, uh, positive mm. expats and locals of Ho Chi Minh City. Like, there's been a few groups that they have just trying to, like, do the more positive thing, which is great, but um, it's just, like, it's just not being... They're just not very active. It's funny because when we first created Fexpats, we had to post in expats to tell people about this group. And so you should have seen the messages that we got. It was so funny. At the oh, same, time, same time, same uh, time, someone's like, "Oh, I'm going to create a group for males," and copied and pasted our group description, just changed it to male, and then created like a males male expats. And locals of Ho Chi Minh City and, like, copied and pasted our first original group description. And, like, I think last time I checked, which was, like, a year ago, it was still exactly the same as our old, like, rules and stuff.
0: Did it have members? Have uh, it did.
1: It? It, they, they do have members, but it was... They, they did it out of spite. Yeah. And then some people who joined it wanted it to be, like, vexpats, but it isn't, and so I don't know what their current, like, you know, I don't keep tabs on them yeah. or anything like that, so I have no idea what their current status is, but um, I've had guys come up to like, oh, I wish, like, I wish, like, Vexpats was, like, male-friendly, or, like, I wish I could join that group, or I wish we had a group that's similar, but I mean, like, with any group, it takes a while to, like, take off, like, for the first year, we only had a few hundred people, and then then just word eventually gets out and then it just kind of blows up and, like, constantly having to check over profiles, see if it's, like, a fake profile, real profile, is this a guy? So how many
0: admins do you have and how much time
1: does that take? Uh, we have about, I think, eight admins last time I checked. Um, everyone, depending on who you are, like, contributes as much time as you can. Um, I'll be honest, like, I haven't been able to contribute crazy amount of time but like I help out in other ways like uh throwing an anniversary party and stuff um but yeah like we constantly have to debate on certain issues that come up um but uh generally there's a few few admins on there that are great and they're super active and there's a few people that kind of sit back at different times right now I definitely have a lot on my plate so I'm sitting back a little bit but um but yeah like the community is really great and they kind of police themselves a bit so which is good um but now like f- facebook groups gotten even better so if you raise a post it tells you like w- like get pop the rules pop up and you just click which rule they broke and then you send it off so it's really it's it's gotten much easier
0: and what are your rules that you think have helped make the group successful
1: uh well there's a couple things um if you're going to try to sell something on our group, you have to provide a 10% discount, especially for our members of our group. Uh, this helps because it doesn't, we don't get bombarded by sales posts. Um, and then members get a benefit out of it, so it's kind of like a win-win situation. And then people get to advertise their business. Um, no, we don't allow uh, housing posts. Uh, we allow for roommates like people who are looking for like a roommate or something like that but we don't like uh we don't allow uh housing landlords like people who are just cuz that just fills it it up it fills up the space a lot and uh like, yeah cuz like it, the reason for the group is to be to have a helpful community and so it's not helpful when you start getting bombarded by advertisements and that's not what our group's about and so we even had to like take out clothing posts because it was just like everyone's constantly moving and getting rid of clothes and we're just like okay like today's feed is like 80 percent clothes and so we had to put in a of like okay guys sorry no clothing posts but hey there's another group here that's empty your closet specific for clothing sales just go there so we try to be helpful but we're also trying to uh, keep the group like uh, down to its core message but it's like we've got to, had some interesting debates and issues come up that like we debate in the group we debate as in men. And so, what um,
0: has been the most rewarding thing from the female expats?
1: Uh, I think just everyone like being so grateful and thankful that this group exists and just uh, forming, included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forming connections. Like so, you know, people end up coming, uh, coming. To Ho Chi Minh for the first time and they don't know anyone so they'll just like post on. they're like hey like anyone want to meet up for a coffee or something I'm new to town trying to get my bearings, meet new friends and so some people uh I
0: think that's a great example that if they posted that post that exact same thing on another group ah uh, the comments would be horrible and it wouldn't be helpful for that person and I've seen people post things in those other groups when it's like you're scaring this person away before they've even got here, like, they're going to come here and just think so negatively of Saigon, and it's not like that at all, and you're just some troll that might not even live here, and you're just, like, attacking this person for asking an innocent question. And so, yeah, that, that's a good point that people can go and say those kind of, make those of just completely innocent comments, but then
1: get, you know, positive
0: feedback from it.
1: Definitely. And, like, that's the thing. Like, that's why this group exists. It's just for you need to like, like ask questions, try to meet up with people and not get attacked. But that being said, like some of those expat groups, they have so many members. And we have like a team of eight people and we still miss stuff. And like, it is a lot of time committed to it. Like people messaging me all the time, like, why am I not being accepted? Why did my post get erased? And like, and sometimes just like, it's gone to the point where I'm like, can you please read over the rules again and tell me why you think your post got erased? Because it's like, it's, it's getting... It's such f- a teacher move. It is such a teacher <laughs> move. But it's also like, you clearly don't remember the rules. You need to refresh yourself. Like, figure it out. You're, you're an adult. <laughs> That's
0: a great one. Yeah. You tell me why it's wrong and then I'll tell you if you're right. <laughs> exactly.
1: And you know what? Best answer ever. Like, I do that all the time. It's like, saved my... Like, because you have to like ask what was your post about like oh then i think it's this reason but it's just like back and forth it's like mm-hmm. it takes like it doesn't just take like two seconds it's like it's back and forth back and forth back and forth oh why didn't you tell me blah blah, blah. I was like well read over the rules again like if it breaks the rules your post will be erased like like if i were to go and message everyone like oh i'm gonna erase your post because of this this, and this reason like that'd be a full-time job yeah
0: and it's not a job, right? It's just, like...
1: It's a volunteer-based yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we've created this community. It's great. All the men vol- volunteers their time. And just, like... And, like, a lot... Most people appreciate it. It's just sometimes, like, I think you get caught up in what's happening to you right now that you forget, like, hey, like, nobody gets paid on this form. <laughs> like, we're just doing it to help everyone out. And I think people are mostly grateful. And sometimes they just forget. <sighs> yeah. And so uh, a five-year party, what's the plans for that then? Uh, We're having a big, uh, Shinde got our can, Um, and it's a daytime thing, so it's like a marketplace, so we've got people in the community having their booths, and then uh, we're doing donations to Little Rose Bakery. Awesome. Yeah. Have
0: you got stuff from there before?
1: uh, We're going to have a booth with uh, some of their cookies and stuff for sale as well. But uh, we've done, fun. Honey Badgers have done lots of fundraising for both Little Rose Bakery and uh, RAD7, Rescue Animals in District 7. Is that something else you helped found? Yes, I helped found that too. (laughs) We'll talk about that Uh, later. We'll get to that
0: in a bit. No, so Little Rose, so I, I work for a charity and we support Little Rose and they're unbelievable. So Little Rose is a shelter in District 7 for about 14 young girls who are either at risk of being sold into sex trafficking, have being rescued from sex trafficking, come from abusive families. And Little Rose is an unbelievable shelter. It gives them a safe place to live. They get English lessons. They get schooling. They get vocational training. And one of the things they get training for is um, in baking. And so they have their own bakery, which kind of runs separately called Little Rose Bakery. Go check it out. Look it up on Facebook. So just last week at work, we ordered like a whole bunch of eclairs and um, baked goods and had them delivered. Unbelievable. They're so good. And... um, yeah an amazing way to help them. It's not just giving them money. Give them money as well because they do need it, but um giving them a job and giving them a purpose and things like that. so that's cool. And are men invited to the the expat, the female expat party?
1: If they are Woo. everyone is welcome to come like uh, we're just. Trying to be more of an inclusive society, uh, but yes, it's an event where guys are welcome and dogs are welcome.
0: So yeah. Maybe. Do you think any like real life trolls would show up and someone's got like a megaphone being like, "I'm starting a men's
1: group"? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, if that would be very interesting if It'd it did funny, happen. Maybe. Actually, I think that would actually give us really good social media. Like. I think that could become viral, actually. Trolls are such a phenomenon,
0: (laughs) though, right? Like, I don't get it. Like, why are these people the way they are online? And it's like, you would never say that in real life. I hope you wouldn't. I've never heard someone say anything like what you read online. And I don't think I know anyone who's a troll. Like,
1: I think it's like you have this, like, online persona that you feel like you could do anything with, you know? Like, I doubt any of them have the real names either, like... Some you think so?
0: Though I think some of them do, and that's well, what, some of them probably. And that's know. what blows my mind because some people are doubtful of like Reddit because it's anonymous. But Reddit's like a way more helpful community. I don't know if you use Reddit, but people there like there's not really much trolling like that. It just kind of gets filtered out. Like it's just it's just a completely different community to Facebook, which I don't understand because Facebook it's mostly your real name and your real picture, and these people just go to town with the trolling. But on Reddit, it's completely anonymous, but it seems to be, like, self-policed where people don't do that.
1: I'm curious, like, maybe from your listeners that's in other countries, do you guys have trolls in forums in your own country? Like, because, like, I am honestly not part of Facebook communities in other parts of the world anymore, because, I mean, I've been here for six years, so, like, I'm based here, so... All my stuff is related to here. I wonder if there are trolls in other countries, yeah. on other groups, in other forums. Like, I'm curious go. about that.
0: If you're from another country, send us a message on Facebook. Let us know, is it unique to Saigon? It's bad here anyway. I know that. So let's move on to so Honey Badger events. Tell us about that. How did that come about? Because that's quite new, right?
1: Well, yeah, it's new and it's not new because, like, I've been doing events for a long time. So, even with the pool parties, sometimes I do like a one off, like, uh, usually every year I do a pub crawl. So, like, 12 pubs of Christmas. Um, and then last year we did eight bars of Hanukkah just because by the 12th bar, it's just too messy and you lose half the Like, it's hard for people we to lose half the night. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we get to 12, like, I'm going to remember six.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, people either, like, start late or they end early. So we decided this year, instead of doing 12, we'd do eight bars on Hanukkah. And it really turned out super well. Um, we had sponsorship from Bacardi. And then we were able to uh, go to every venue, we'd get our first drink for free. And then one of the venues we got uh, was actually on a sequel ride. So everyone popped on a ciclo, we had like uh, blue Santa hats, and we rode through the city. We stopped at Union Jack's, and we got like a cone of fish and chips. And we're like drinking beer while we're getting cycled through the city. It was super fun. Missed that one. Damn it. Yeah. It was yeah, it was brilliant. Actually, like I keep running into people who were on it and they just like cannot stop talking about uh, cool. it. So we we'll definitely have to do it again soon. So
0: from that, you kind of formalized it into a company.
1: Well, we formalized it before. So what was happening was I was doing events and my business partner Alina Tran, uh, she was doing events and I was actually helping her with her events, and then she was helping me a bit with my events, and I'm like, hey, like, let's just form like an event company because it's something that we're doing. It's like kind of like a passion project that we're doing on the side of everything else that we're involved in because I'm super busy, she's super busy, but like we come together and we do these events and it's super fun because me and her, are like, always on the same page. And like, as soon as I say it, she's thinking it, and like vice versa. Like, we're so lucky that we have such a good partnership. But one of the first things that I helped her do was um, dinner and a show, and that. Uh, was a fundraiser for Little Rose Bakery. And so that's kind of like the first event where like, I was actively helping her with her event. And that's when we started forming um, our business. Uh, officially after my, I had a bad accident last August, I severed my ACL. And so I was off my feet for a little bit and of course when you're bored you start a business that's what you do uh so started like just heavily like doing working on websites and creating all this like events while I'm like in crutches getting back from the hospital I'm like oh I can't do anything so let me get on the computer and be productive and so because
0: so you had a bad accident an interesting question might be for someone who's thinking of moving here or living here. How's, like, the health care for that? Like, um, you know, if someone's coming here and they're like, well, what happens? What happens when you have an accident here, you know? Were you looked after? Is it problematic?
1: I was very lucky. Uh, I had so many people come to my aid when it happened. Um, it was... Like in the moment. In the moment, yeah. Like, just people stopped and people helped. Like, it was amazing. Um, I don't speak Vietnamese, and so, like... I have, like, only, like, one or two good friends that, like, can speak English really well and, like, obviously is Vietnamese. Um, But, like, my one go-to person was in Canada That when it happened. I just got back from a trip from home. So I was in Canada, came back. Three days later, I got into this accident. And, oh, my God, it was so heartbreaking because, like, just left home and everyone's like, why aren't you here? We miss you, we love you and stuff. So, like, you're kind of, like gone back and it's like fresh like this like open wound of like emotions fresh and then again, to this crazy accident and like my one go-to person was not there I'm just like oh my god what did I do I just like bawled my eyes out and just like they kept like saying like is there someone you can call and I'm like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it wasn't that bad but like it was yeah it was kind of dramatic um but We had uh, people who stopped. One guy called an ambulance. These girls that were walking back from their lunch break could speak English. So they stopped to help translate between the guy who was calling the ambulance. There's another guy who took my bike. There's like this, uh, I didn't know about this, but they have this whole like um, community of like people in the community that when they see a bike accident, what they do is they stop and they secure your bike for you. So they put your bike in a, like a proper location where you can go gather it, get it later so that, you know, your bike doesn't end up getting stolen or something like that. I didn't know this, like this, this, this society existed until someone told me about it after I told them what happened. So it was very interesting. Um, I got brought to a local hospital. Um, facilities weren't great, um, but people were very like, uh, very friendly and very helpful Um, but the one advice I would give to people traveling here is have insurance, have insurance. I was a walking billboard for insurance because if I did not have this insurance, I would have not, I would have been $15,000 in the hole from my knee. Like surgery is expensive. And like, because I'm not a resident of Canada, it's not like I could go back to Canada and like get everything fixed for free because I'm like... You have to be a resident or you have to be paid... You're not a
0: resident of Canada because you've been away for so long. Yes. Yeah, and I'm the same in the UK. Yeah, yeah. to
1: remain a resident of Canada, you have to be in Canada six months plus a day to keep your resident status, Mm. right? Like, I'm still Canadian, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, No, I know what
0: you mean. Yeah, because
1: I'm not paying into the yeah. system there. Like, I'm not paying my taxes it's there. The same
0: in the UK. I thought that I would always be covered by the NHS when I went back to the UK. And then only found out, like, last year, same thing, they were like, oh, no, you need health insurance to go back to the UK. And I was like, but I'm, I'm yeah. a citizen. They're like, no, no, you're not a resident. I was like, oh. "Yeah." So, yeah, no, I'm the same. I always have insurance. Yeah. I won't go a day anywhere without insurance.
1: Well, I, you know what? I played with fire because, like, the first three years, I didn't have insurance. Uh, mainly because like my boyfriend at the time was just like you don't need insurance you just go back home Canada and it's just like it doesn't work that way yeah. <laughs> but like in his head it worked this way and so finally like I was like no I'm getting insurance and then I tried to convince him to get insurance but he never did it um, but then like I was a walking billboard everyone's like oh my god I have to and, like oh my god this is what happened my insurance company was amazing and like like he kept sending it to my, sending my insurance lady like hey like talk to this person like. You know, it's just because of what happened to me. I don't want something like this to happen to someone and not have, like, have coverage for them. Like, it's just, it could be so expensive and it happens over a split second. And, you know, you're going to, like, why do not pay, like, what, 500, 600, maybe 1200, like, a year and, like, one accident, 15,000, and it wasn't, like, a big surgery. You know, it's a very common surgery that, uh, a lot of athletes suffer from. Like, I was just shocked. Like, mm. I was so happy that I had insurance.
0: I'm a, I'm a massive advocate of insurance uh, uh, to the point where I think I bore people sometimes. But I, yeah, I'm just, I'll never take that risk because, yeah, I agree exactly. It can be a split second. It can't even be that big a deal, but yeah. it will be expensive. So, um, yeah, definitely. So, that's a good tip anyone thinking of coming here. And then, so, how was the healthcare after that? After you, you said it wasn't great, the first hospital you went to?
1: Yeah, like, I mean, like, when, a, the problem is there's also the language barrier. Like, the doctor could speak a little bit of English, but, like, not a lot. And, you know, when you get into an accident, you're, like, swollen, so you can't get proper testing done. Like, you can only do certain types of testing. Um, they checked to see if any organs were damaged, and which was really great. Um, but they never said, like, hey, like, in a few weeks, go get an MRI. And so... It took a while, but then I figured out, like a month later, that my ACL was severed, and then so that's when I started like going through like insurance and stuff. Um, but I was lucky; my insurance covered uh, hospitals in Bangkok, so I ended up going to Bangkok to get my knee surgery, just because it is hit and miss here. Certain th- the facilities are great, and but like it, it's sometimes about the bottom line here because it's like, all the hospitals that, uh, like, expats want to go to, they're all private hospitals, and so it's all about the bottom line, how much money they make. So one time I went to F.E. Hospital, which is supposed to be one of the fancier ones, and what happened was I must have drank some really bad liquor, but I was, like, sick for a whole weekend. I could not keep water down, and I was just like, okay, it's been, like, 48 hours. I can't keep water down. I need to go get an IV because I know, like, my, I'm dehydrated and it's not healthy and they try to like convince me that I needed to do like uh, a CT scan because I might have appendicitis and then he was pushing in the middle of my stomach where my appendix is supposed to be apparently and then I was just like no that's not where my appendix is I'm pretty sure I'm I'm pretty sure
0: if you have an appendicitis you know you have an appendicitis is it not one of the most painful things
1: They can happen to you. Yeah, definitely. And it's
0: going (laughs) to be on your side, where your appendix is,
1: (laughs) not in the middle of your stomach. But I said specifically, like, well, it hurts because you're pushing so hard on my stomach. And then they're like, oh, you need a CT scan. It was like, $350, please. And it's just like, oh, no, thank you. Like, I definitely know that's not where my appendix is, so. And then you try to get another doctor to come over and be like, oh, we will not be responsible if your appendix, like, explodes. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure my appendix in the middle of my stomach is not going to explode. <laughs> yeah,
0: just give me an IV.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It, is a, it is a worrying thing. I know I've thought about it in the past. I've not really had any major problems, but the healthcare system here can be okay, but it can be hit and miss. Yeah. Things.
1: And I think what happens is because it's so hit and miss that, like, we rely less on the doctors here. And so you end up just going straight to the pharmacy and, like, giving the description of what you have because you feel sometimes the doctors have exactly the same training as a pharmacist. It's, like, ridiculous. And then also, like, some things that I would have gone to the doctor if it happened in Canada, I just don't go here because I'm like, chances are they're not going to know what's going to happen, like, what's happening. So, like, it's not good. Mm. I- it's difficulty not having confidence in doctors. That is a challenge, you know,
0: because mm-hmm. I've been a couple of times and you do sometimes get some misdiagnosis or the... Or don't diagnose something and it's and i know for some people i know that they, they say I, I you know go to the doctor you're sick and they're like well no because he's not gonna tell me what's wrong with me and it's like that's not a good situation yeah to be in right
1: 100, 100% <laughs> agree
0: someone told me i won't name the hospital recently but someone told me the hospital that i regularly go to I like in a clinic if i if I, I ever need to go they speak really good english and so i always feel like you know quite comfortable there but a Vietnamese colleague of mine told me that it's not actually that good a hospital. They can just speak good English. Oh. So that's why a lot of the expats go there. But it's not actually good quality. And I was like, oh. But I, I'm stuck in a hard place. Like, what do I do? Yeah. I can't really go to a, a better Vietnamese hospital because I'm the same. I don't speak Vietnamese. and I'm not going to rely on all my Vietnamese friends every time to be like, hey, I got to go to the doctors. Can you come with me? Like.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean. I feel sorry for my one Vietnamese friend that I'm always like... What does this mean? Translate for me.
0: <laughs> I used to be really bad. Anne, if you're listening, uh, I'm sorry. I used to have to call you all the time. And we, um, we, we used to live with her boyfriend, Peter. And um, I would have problems with my bike. Sorry about the dogs in the background. If you've heard previous episodes, you've heard these same dogs barking all the time. It's Vietnam. This is just a good example of what it's like to live...
1: The real Vietnam. The
0: real Vietnam. There's always noise in the background. Um... We always had problems with our motorbike, and I'd be calling them like nearly every couple of days. Can you talk to the
1: mechanic? And like, you know, yeah.
0: But you, you feel bad. Eventually, you're like, I
1: can't keep relying on you. Yeah, I know. I've started to like utilize Google Translate a lot, a lot more. It's, I mean, it's. You know what? I figured out what the problem is. When you're translating Vietnamese to English, it's because we can't type with all the accents. Mm. If we can type with the accents, I'm sure it'll be more accurate. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how to type with accents.
0: <laughs> well, the other problem with Vietnamese to English or Vietnamese is it's, a lot of it's not literal translations, you know, like some of the phrases or concepts. Like, I read a document, like, a, it was kind of explaining how difficult Vietnamese is. It's one of them. it's like, someone showed me a language tree in English and Vietnamese is almost as far away as you can get in terms of like an etymology of where the languages came from. They share the Roman alphabet, but apart from that, they almost share nothing else. And so uh, this was like a passage of text in Vietnamese, and then it was translated into English, like literally. And if you translate it like word for word, it it just means nothing. So it's really difficult to make it into English because you need to actually need to understand what the Vietnamese is saying, not like what the word actually is.
1: Yeah, because I think from what I've understood and what I've heard is... They just have very basic vocabulary. Like, uh, one word will mean, like, a whole bunch of different things. But it's because they just have a limited vocabulary. So it's depending on where that word sits in the sentence or, how like, what it's paired up with, it means completely different things. I believe
0: so, yeah. Well, like, there's the same word for blue and green.
1: I did not know that. Yeah, it's
0: san, it's X-A-N-H. But one of them, if you say it in the full way, it's... Um, green of the tree or blue of the sky but most of the time it's just sand Uh. Because but and if you think about if you point to that and you go what color is that and you go sand and it's green well then you know yeah they're saying green right yeah yeah but i don't know where it would get difficult where if it's blue and green next to each other and you're like what color is that i don't know yeah. yeah but this is the difficulties of living here so let's talk about um rad 7 then so um I forgot about that. That's awesome. So Rad Simmons is an animal welfare charity.
1: Yes. So, like, in D2, they have ARC, ARC, um, yep. and they're amazing, but they're based out of Taodian. And uh, so I used to live in D7 back in the day for my first two years to live there. And uh, <clears throat> I used to, like, just, like, end up bringing these poor kittens home with me every time, like... Mm-hmm. There's, like, cats, like, I was constantly having kittens in my garage. And so, like, the security guard got to the one point where they start collecting cats for me to rescue. And so I, like, take them home. I spend, like, hours picking fleas off of them with tweezers. It was, like, so painful, like, sweating my ass off. You're getting known as the crazy cat lady as well. Well, actually, that's kind of what my goals later on. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But, yeah, I've always went to, like, this, like, big cat palace of like cats is like everywhere but yeah goals in life right <laughs> so anyway so I used to rescue a lot of kittens and the last pair that I had like my boyfriend at the time was like no more kittens like we had them for like I think a month and a half before we found foster homes for them and he's like no more I'm putting my foot down but uh, my business partner Lena also does the same thing. Like me and her, we're just cut from the same cloth. Two crazy
0: cat ladies. Yeah,
1: we're two crazy cat ladies that cu- carry whiskey flasks with us everywhere. That's that's kind of like the basis of how we became friends.
0: You are that is yeah. You're right. That is you're famous for that. You always got a whiskey flask whiskey with you,
1: right? Yeah. Well, the reason why I have a whiskey flask is there's a lot of places that you end up. They don't serve whiskey, so you can't be like, hey crew like can we just not come here because they only serve beer and i don't drink beer like i don't want to put that on people so i am a very organized prepared person and that's why i always have a whiskey flask
0: you are famous for that being very organized yes i think that's i heard that about you before i ever met you oh really like the most organized person ever because you put on all these events and it's always like just well structured well organized I've never seen you with a clipboard, but I feel like you would be a person that you would see with a clipboard walking about. You should get one, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, well, sometimes I'll have a clipboard. <laughs> if I'm at an event and I've got, like, things to, like, yeah, I do sometimes have a clipboard, but... Clipboard and a whiskey flask. <laughs> well, I try to, like, keep the drinking to a minimal if, I've, if I'm responsible for right. things. <laughs>
0: so you don't see those two things together? It's either the whiskey flask or the clipboard? Well, no, Not the, at the same
1: I, time. it's kind of almost like, I'll have the clipboard at the beginning of the night... And I'll have the whiskey flask at the end of the night. <laughs> but there's a transitional period where, like, once like responsibility's done, I'm like, okay, yeah. time for a whiskey hour or hours.
0: So to what? <laughs> Go back to the Rad Simmons. So you a crazy cat lady. Yes. And then,
1: so uh, so like I used to rescue cats, but I've been out of DSM for a long time. But my partner Lena still lives there, and so she's still ongoing rescuing animals um but vet bills are just fucking expensive right I know so <laughs> yeah so like when you're constantly like picking strays up and like getting them fixed and like brought back to health it's really draining and then so I like with me and her we organi started organizing rad seven so I created kind of like all their like logos and Facebook group and got all that started and then she runs a group of volunteers, so, like, I help out um, just on the side doing kind of, like, visuals for them, and then when we do an event to raise money for the for RAD7, I help with that, but uh, she's definitely kind of leading the charge on that one. Is it just cats or any... Cats, dogs, everything. We've had... We've rescued dogs that were chained up, and we had to, like, convince the owner to give up the dog, and, like, the cost of, like... M- lots of like hundreds of dollars like to vet bills to get this poor dog back in shape like it was just they were just like not being fed like they had different diseases and like it was just yeah it's really heartbreaking sometimes
0: and you're still taking donations for red seven
1: yes always uh, no, we're own. always taking donations and it goes straight to vet bills we don't keep any money to ourselves just to the vet just to the vet but, like, uh, it's great. We work with uh, White Ocean Clinic, um, and they're really great. They give us, like, give us a different price list. We get discounts. Uh, and when we rescue an animal, we have it there. Like, you can also go straight there and say, like, I want to donate to this animal. And then they'll just, like, take – they'll just put the money right towards the bill. So they've been really great. Um, and all our volunteers – Like, without them, we could not be running. And, like, people in the community in general, like, they just want to help. So some people, you can help by donating, but you can also help by fostering animals or, best of all, adopting an animal, which is...
0: One of the things I do see on many of the Facebook groups, and they always get controversial comments, is when people say, Oh, I have to go back home. Who can take my animal? Whether it's a cat or a dog. That's quite common, right?
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I would say, like, if you want to take on an animal, like, look into where you're planning to move to next and check the laws and whether or not you can afford to bring your animal with you. Because it is unfair. Like, you uh, take on an animal, you should take that animal on for life. And I I mean, like, everyone's situation is different. Like, people can get an animal when you're in a couple and then breakup happen. Like, I have to say, like, I've been, like guilty of it myself um, it's just sometimes your situation changes mm, yeah, cool. and you're no longer able to keep an animal but if you're an expat and you know you're not going to stay here forever you know your situation mm. you know that is your situation
0: well that when we got biscuit that was the, the biggest decision that was the biggest thing we had to research because we we're residents of New Zealand and that's where we'll move back to and it just so happens that New Zealand has the strictest laws on bringing pets in and Vietnam is not a rabies free country so if we want to go back to New Zealand, we'll have to move to another country for anywhere from three to six months with yeah. biscuit before we can even go back to New Zealand. And we had to take that into consideration, like, how much do we want a dog? We're going to be here for the foreseeable future, but maybe not forever. So when we do make that decision to go back to New Zealand, yeah. we have to know that we're going to have to move somewhere else. And yeah. ultimately, we're like, right, we're going to do it. And yeah. We're glad we have. But at one point in the future, it's going to be, Something that we'll have to deal with, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, like, it's going to be a probably a cool experience living somewhere else, yeah, so... Yeah.
0: Well, we found out recently from the vet here that you can actually go back to the UK quite easily. Mm-hmm. And if you stay in the UK for three months, then you can go back to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I haven't lived in the UK for 15 years. So Do maybe. you have family there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be cool maybe to go back though for three months and spend some time there.
1: Yeah, totally. And... You technically don't need to be there for three months. Yeah, like yeah. The dog the needs dog, to be there. Yeah. So, so you m- can always go back for a few, like a month or something like that. Leave it with a relative. Mm. Leave your. I know that's hard, but mom, if
0: you're listening, you're gonna get a dog soon to add to the two that you already have.
1: There you go. <laughs> See, problem solved. Yeah. There you go. I love solving um. problems. That's kind of like my thing. She's got <laughs> a clip pulled out already. Yes. Writing it down. <laughs> So I have a personal
0: question for you. Are you single at the moment? Because you've mentioned a couple of times about a breakup.
1: Yeah, um, I am single. Uh, same with you. I had moved here with a partner, um, but uh, we broke up. Um, it didn't work out, which is totally fine because, like, it's brought me where I am today. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really tough. It, like, first, it took me a while to be open to dating because like I was with my ex for six years and before that I was with someone for six and uh, sorry three and a half years so like between the two of them it's like a decade to get like with one one person at at a time Mm -hmm. um so like it took me a while like I think like you just kind of lose yourself a lot in a relationship like sometimes you give and take and anyways uh so yes I'm single now um it's definitely it's different well my question was going to be and the reason i asked that is because it's a i've heard from
0: many friends that and even just recently like a couple of weeks ago i was talking to a friend and she's like it's really difficult here to be a single female because um it's just a different environment right i mean well you mentioned earlier like there's a small expat community um and I don't know what it is very common, right? Let's just be honest about it. It's very common for a Western man to have a Vietnamese girlfriend. It's not uncommon. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, you know, I've got on the podcast, we've had Kim who goes out with my friend Lewis, and it's, so it's completely normal. But it's not so normal that an expat woman dates a Vietnamese man, right? True. What, why is that? Well, honestly,
1: I'm not sure. I think it's just to personal tastes, like, um, well for, I think it's so hard to like, for me, I could just talk about myself. Okay. So for me, um, I really like intelligent conversation. Like I like talking about current events. Um, I like analyzing situations, personalities, like I just find life very interesting, but if I'm going to be with someone, I want to be able to discuss all this with them and, like, complex issues. And so, for me, it's more about being able to communicate properly with a partner. And, I mean, like, it's, it's tough enough finding someone that you get along with and then also, like, speaking the same language, whether it being, like, actual, like, English language or just your same goals and... I don't know, like, talking about interests is just... Hard to find someone that you mesh with, and I think mm. with cultural differences, um, that's an added difficulty. Um, so it's language, it's cultural. Um.
0: There are very different expectations like you bring that up, and it's, it's very true. A Vietnamese man is expected to almost meet a woman, a woman's expected to meet a man, get married, have a baby, move in together. It's, it's a very clear um, path. Mm-hmm. And not all Vietnamese people, from my understanding, are happy with that, but they have to kind of do it regardless. And so then maybe what you're saying, do you think, would you agree that then it's difficult because even though the Vietnamese, a Vietnamese man or woman have to follow that path, it's unlikely that a Western woman is going to go down that path with a Vietnamese man?
1: That is very true. Um, I think, what, like, at least for myself, I've always been a little bit different from everyone in the sense that like I don't want to have a family like I don't want I'm not planning to have kids it's just the thing and so like that cuts out a lot of people it does a lot of people that's part of living is having offspring and like which is great for like a lot of people but it's just like it's never been my thing and you know I used to get all oh, you change your mind you change your mind but like it's just something that I've never wanted and so which makes the dating pool even smaller I would say but adding that with like intelligent conversation just like for me I need someone who's motivated like me who wants to get involved and also very social like the list is quite long and therefore I'm still single
0: (laughs) Just waiting for the, the right guy to come along with a clipboard, yes, and <laughs> just ticks all those boxes. Yeah. So, what have you had any dating disasters here in Saigon?
1: Oh, uh, well, I. Okay, here's another thing. Like, I'm not on Tinder or any online dating app dating. Um, so Four. your pool
0: just got even smaller? Then. Yeah,
1: my pool's even <laughs> smaller. And, and so... you meet people in real life? Yes, what? it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so social. Like, yeah. I'm always out and about and I'm always meeting people. So uh, I would not say there was a dating disaster. There was, like, someone that I was interested in dating but then turned out had been sleeping with another friend. So that kind of just, like, put a stop to the whole thing and it's like oh that's not happening then because like I'm very like r- rule oriented in a way like I guess that makes sense because I'm very organized and I run these forums like <laughs> there's certain rules that I go by in life and one of them is not doing that dating <laughs> your someone that your friend's dating mm. it's just not cool Most and people have that kind of rule all right? true true but like you know like the pool's Really small here, yeah, yeah. so like there's a lot of like cross it like you know just everyone kind of in the end knows everyone, yeah, and could have slept with that person, <laughs> and it's different if it was just like something in the past mm. but it was just like, yeah, on and off, then you're just like, okay, I'm cool with like not getting met i'm not I don't like drama either, so I avoid situations that would cause drama,
0: mm. and does that come up in the female expats group like are people like? I'm single, what do I do here?
1: Yeah, it definitely comes out comes up all the time and it's I mean it comes up in regular conversation between the girls and it's just a thing, like and it, and I don't think it's just it's part of it's being in Vietnam, but I think part of it is just online dating and apps and what social situations caused in the dating world has quite changed because like for me the reason why I never use Tinder and never liked the concept of Tinder. It's because it makes. Okay, first of all, you're basing everyone on their photo, so it's superficial. And then, and then because you're swiping, like left,
0: or I actually don't, I've never. Okay. Used the, so you,
1: whichever way <laughs> I'm you swipe, mad too
0: long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> whatever direction you swipe to say no, it just like makes life like it makes like you feel like oh like all these opportunities are possible and you're just like, it's so easy to just say no. And then when you actually meet someone that you like connect with, like you just think things are disposable, disposable. Mm. That's exactly it. And I don't like that concept where it's like people are disposable. And that's what I feel like certain apps Mm. makes you feel like people are disposable. It's so easy to just like say no to someone. But, and for me, like, I'm time poor like I've got so many things going on I don't want to spend hours on an app chatting small talking to people online that I don't really know and then finally meet them and be like within 10 seconds no this isn't gonna work Mm -hmm. so like for me like meeting people in real life is so much better because you can decide like hey you know this person's cool I don't mind spending time with them or this person's nice but just like really not my type of person Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, now, so, um, you've been here six years, that's crazy, so, um, a common question I've asked a lot of people, what are the changes that you've seen in Saigon? Because in just three years, the place has changed so much.
1: Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of changes. Food, uh, good bars, there's, like, bars popping up all the time and restaurants popping up all the time and before, like, you know, if you wanted, like, a, good cocktail was just hard to come by mm. like I remember when the ratchet room opened up and that was like the first really good like western bar with like proper service really delicious cocktails and I still regularly go there um like and they've opened a few other bars and restaurants but like yeah before that was scarce it was mostly people well I guess like because I was new in town like your first go-to place is bovin and so like everyone goes to bovin and it's it's an interesting... Have you been lately? ...dynamic. Uh, I try to avoid it. It's changed so much. It has I, changed. I, I never
0: go there anymore either. I, same as you, in the beginning, you just have to go, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, anyone who's been here for like more than a year is like, no, you never go to Boivien. Yeah. Boivien is like the backpacker street. It's like the Khao San Road of, of Saigon, if you haven't been here before. And uh, it's gone crazy now. Like even sometimes I've gone down during the middle of the day or I've just been in that end of town... And, like, all the bars have changed. It used to be, when I got here three years ago, full of, like, plastic stool places. You could sit out on the street. People came by with food. I went down there at night recently, and all, like, on the bikes. I was just, I was just like I said, I was in that end of town, and all the bars are all competing with each other for music, and it, they've all become, like, super gaudy, over-the-top-themed bars. All the plastic stool places have gone, and it's, they've made it a walking street Um I can't think how I was driving down it. But no, on the
1: weekends. <laughs> they've made it only a Walking Street on the, street weekends, on the weekends at was, night. It
0: must have been during the yeah,
1: week. Yeah, only during the nighttime. And it's only for a few hours, yeah, to be honest.
0: But it's just gone crazy. There's like a Starbucks, there's a Burger King. There's,
1: yeah, yeah. Starbucks really wasn't make... here when I first got here. No McDonald's. Those all came That's while true. I was here. Popeyes all came when I was here. Wow. Um, so, like, the accessibility to Western food has gotten better. I mean, it was always pretty good to be honest, mm. but it's just gotten like more over the top and they've gotten way better at creating, making signs. So like before, like, you know, like, uh, like a sign advertising, whatever their business is, like it was just like a, a sign with a whole bunch of writing across it, your address and a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, it's all VMe, so I don't know what it says, but it's always like a sign with like all this writing on it. But now they have got like these giant signs that's really visual, sometimes like neon lights and, that's the one thing I noticed about Bui fin. when I walked down there. It's, like, it's, com- it's, like, turned into kind of, like, Vegas signage. Like, it's not Vegas, but, like, it's going towards, like, big neon signs versus, like, really crappy signs with, like, 20 different things written on it. That's, like, a huge thing. But, yeah, I, had, like, I do avoid it as like, much as I can, but, like, sometimes you, my visa lady's there, so I have to go there sometimes. And, like, at the end of the night and, like, If your group wants to go there, then you just end up going there.
0: Yeah, it's like, I I have, to be honest, it's mostly my friends that go these days, not me. Some people that I know, and it is always, like, the late night spot. Like, oh, where did you go last night? At Boy VN. Yeah. was like, oh, because there's nowhere else to go once, after a certain time, right? Well,
1: not true. Like, you can go to Lighthouse, uh, the Observatory um, but they all have cover charges and mm. the drinks are more expensive. Yeah. So it really depends on who you're with and what their budget is. Yeah. And then so that's and like with Boivin, like the reason why I don't like going there is just a lot of times you can't trust the liquor that you're being served. And because I don't drink beer, I only drink liquor. Like I, that's why one of the reasons why I carry hip flask with me. Not that because I'll end up on Boivin, but like you end up on places at places where they just don't serve spirits or you can't trust their spirits in that area. I'm not saying everywhere, but like, yeah. you know, like...
0: I have read about that before I got here. You've got to be careful about the spirits and yeah. What, yeah, things like They've that. They've
1: gotten better, though. They've yeah. gotten better. I've never
0: had a problem, personally, but I've, I've heard about it, yeah.
1: I have. I've <laughs> the FV incident oh, was right, caused yeah, because of yeah, bouvin. Like, right. yeah, I got some bad vodka. That was when I was still drinking vodka. <laughs> but, yeah. Pretty awful life. Yeah, I'm whiskey now. All whiskey all the way.
0: So you used to live in District 7. Where do you live now? Oh, uh, D1. D1. Oh, right, in downtown yeah. then.
1: Yeah, actually You not, don't need to
0: give your address or anything <laughs> like
1: that. I live at... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I live kind of on the border of D1. Um, so it's a really convenient location because it's... Uh, I can cut across to Funyuan, Bintan, District 2, and like downtown D1 like 10 to 20 minutes flat. It's yeah. awesome.
0: Depending on the time of the...
1: Depending on the time of day, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: we'll move on then to the final part of the podcast. We finish with the same questions. Now, you've listened, so you've heard all the, everyone else answer these questions. You don't have to come up with anything unique. Vietnam is famous for its food, not just Popeyes and McDonald's that we have these days. Uh, so, what's your top three Vietnamese foods?
1: Um, well, there's a few uh, that's been repeated. Um, I really like uh, banh cha hanoi, which is uh, really good. They like grilled meats and put this in this delicious sauce um, Bunt at noon also kind of like similar to Cha Hanoi let's be honest um, one thing that I really like and it's not a food stall uh, it's at this one restaurant and they serve is um, soft shell crab with passion fruit sauce it is so good so they deep fried the soft shell crab because the soft shell you can just eat the whole thing you don't need to peel anything and the passion fruit like sauce that they have on top is superb and um, what's your favourite bar, favourite beer? Okay, well, my favourite bar is probably the Ratcher Room. But then malt is a very close second, which works perfectly. They're on the same street. So I always start off at kind of like the Ratcher Room. Uh, they have an amazing happy hour. It's 50% off of all alcoholic drinks. And then so start there and then usually end up at malt because malt's like really chills, like a good vibe.
0: Mm, yeah, malt's come up before and yeah, it's definitely
1: one of my... Favourite bars, but I've not been in a while, I need to go back. And I've
0: not been to Ratcha Room in a while either. They're happy is very good and their cocktails are amazing. And the and service on, is great. Yeah. And they're on t Boy, right? Yeah, t Boy. So and then um, what's your favourite daytime place to drink?
1: Uh daytime I would say the boathouse, but I don't daytime drink that much. Like,
0: I know I need to change this question because uh, I don't really daytime drink either. And <laughs> everyone yeah. I've asked, like, yeah, I don't really drink during the day.
1: Yeah, but I did hear um, the social club has really good, like, a good place to do sunsets.
0: What and, is that? The social club?
1: Yeah, it's on top of M Gallery. Oh, I
0: don't know. That
1: one. It's the rooftop on top of m gallery hotel Mm -hmm. um it's called the social club and then they have happy hour drinks right when sun like during sunset hours so it's a good time good place to kind of start your evening if you wanted to get the sunset nice check that one out then and then this question
0: i ask because repeat myself but i had massive challenges in my first year here i wanted to leave and you know Part of my reasoning for wanting to interview people is I think it's an interesting place, Saigon, because it's so confronting, it's so challenging. Um, it's not an easy place to live. I don't think so, anyway. In some ways it is, but in others it's not. Why do you stay?
1: Honestly, it's the people and the community that I've built here. Uh, it's, it's everyone's super friendly. It life is just so easy here. Like you don't understand. Like if you need something there's someone's gonna deliver it like it's ridiculous and like I've like I'm not the best at cleaning so like cleaning is like taken care of take taken care of so easily like I live in a service department and like they just clean once a week I don't have to like do anything it's amazing well I still wash dishes don't (laughs) I actually cook which a lot of people here do not cook yeah yeah, we, d- we don't cook uh,
0: often enough. Now, the reason I ask, I guess, as well, is because as expats, we don't need to stay. Do you that's know what true. I mean? Like, we've all got this option to go back to our home countries or go back somewhere else. And a Vietnamese person, while they may have options, maybe don't have that option to be like, well, I want to leave this place, you know? So mm-hmm. that's why I ask, why do you stay? Because we could all just be like, yep. And the next question is, uh, what one thing would you change about
1: Saigon. pollution i wish there was no pollution and that there was an ocean (laughs) because like i said i'm a big water person so i wish there was like a really nice clean ocean that we can go hang out it like hang out at have barbecues next to a park or something but yeah the pollution is the big thing that i don't like um like if you talk to any of the girls here here your hair, like, just, like, continuously falls out. Like, I'm so lucky I still have hair on my head. Like, Really? Yeah. My cleaning lady's always just like, ugh. Like, doesn't speak any English, but it's always, like, pointing at your hair. I'm like, yeah, like, just, like, miming. Yeah, it just falls because out. Because of the water, huh? Because of the water. Like, I have a water filter that's helped a bit, but, like, it's definitely something that is quite noticeable here.
0: Can I just say, Susan's not bald. <laughs> She's got a full head of hair right now. Thank
1: so God. It's <laughs> not,
0: not too bad. Ah, uh, yeah, no, the pollution is bad here. I don't know what the solution is going to be anytime soon, hopefully. I think there's a misconception because most people think it's from the traffic. And what I've read is it actually comes from construction is the biggest cause of air pollution. And so I think it will be something that will get better. Like it's something when you live overseas or you live in your home country, you live in the West and we hear these terms like developing in a developed country. And to me, they were always just kind of terms or phrases and you know what it means. since I've lived in Southeast Asia that word developing country like it literally means the country is developing which means building is what it means it means construction they're putting up buildings they're building a what do you call it the railway line or the underground system so as that country they're going through the development that our societies went through a hundred years ago and a hundred years ago Vancouver, Canada London, Glasgow Melbourne all these big cities would have been horrible places to live in but polluted dirty disgusting because they were going through their development. And they've done all that. And now, because you know, I used to live in Melbourne, and the, the Yarra River's beautiful, the banks are gorgeous. I mean, I wouldn't swim in it, but it's, you know, it's, it's not polluted. But then you go back and you read, there used to be coal mines, like, right in the middle of the city, on the river. The river was black, all of that stuff. So I think just, like, Vietnam and Southeast Asia in general, is just going through what our countries went through 100 years ago So I think it will get better, like, once that development slows down and it becomes more developed than developing. But it means we have to live through that at the moment. So hopefully it will get better eventually.
1: Well, there's a catch-22, isn't it? Like, once it's developed, everything's going to be, like, way more expensive and, like, uh, the opportunities will be way lower. Um, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22, like... Yeah, we're living through the development stage, but, like, we have all these opportunities to get into the market doing whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why, like, I'm opening a bar,
0: uh, trying that
1: out and seeing how that goes. Uh, So, yeah, so that's my new project is I'm opening a bar with my good buddy, Matt Ryan, which he's come up in conversation (laughs) in previous (laughs) podcast episodes. And so, yeah, we're opening a bar and super exciting. It's kind of like a pop-up bar for a year and see how we like it. And then uh, going from there on.
0: Yeah, sweet. And then, yeah, the, we've talked about that as well with, I think, Joanza, Just the opportunities here is, are incredible. And it is the cost, is cheap right now. So, what you're right, once it's developed, it's going to have changed. So, we just got to put up with the air pollution. Yeah, <laughs> right exactly. Now. Get yourself an air purifier. We got an air purifier a few months ago, and I feel like that's helped. And AQ blue masks is the other tip, right? You wear an AQ blue mask?
1: I don't wear a mask. What? <laughs> no. What?
0: That's more important than insurance
1: yeah it's really hot
0: (laughs) oh my goodness anyone everyone get an aq blue mask it keeps out all the pollutants
1: i will give it a try
0: that's shocked me susan
1: i'm sorry Um, i didn't mean to disappoint you
0: (laughs) so talking about pollution leads us to the next question what's your favorite place to get out of town
1: well honestly i've been so busy that i haven't had a chance to go anywhere in the last year but previous to that i was traveling a lot and because we're in southeast asia it's so quick to pop on a plane and go somewhere really cool and in the last few years i've been really into diving so my answer is anywhere that there's good diving
0: where's your favorite place to go
1: diving so far i've been to borneo and that was really amazing oh it's so hard because el nido was amazing too but i went to el nido like four or five years ago so now it's quite different from when I went but that was like my first diving experience it was so amazing and I went with this company called L Dive I still remember the name because uh the owner was so good and it was just like super kind really attentive made you feel really safe super patient and that's so important that you go diving with someone that's really good because like your life is at stake mm-hmm. right so because of that experience, like, I just fell in love with diving and, yeah, like, diving. Just go diving. Cool. And treat the oceans l- right. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's not too many places to go diving in Vietnam as well. There? There's a couple of spots, but I've, I've not heard good things about it because I do a little bit of diving as well. There's nowhere really you would recommend in Vietnam to go scuba diving.
1: Well, um, well, it's hit or miss. Chum so- Island
0: off of Hoi An. Been diving there a couple of times.
1: I went there, but when I went there, the visibility wasn't very good. Yeah. It was definitely not the right time to go. But I just really wanted needed to go diving, so I went. But I did rescue a cuttlefish from a fisherman's net. That was really cool. Um, uh, I've been. I got my um, my open water in Nha Chang, um, and that was all right. I had originally gone to Kong Dao to do my license but the thing is like they're really strict about when boats can go and we gave ourselves four days and out of the four full days that we're there they allowed us to go diving once so I couldn't finish my certification but when I did go diving it was pretty cool. It is definitely probably the nicest dive site in Vietnam. Um and uh I saw a Moray eel, they like big shelves, like it was just it was really diverse but it was in Kondau, and unfortunately, if you're going for diving, it's, sometimes you can go out, sometimes you can't, um, it's a really small town, so, like, there's not a huge amount of things to see, but the, it, it was interesting, because it used to be, a uh, prisoner, like, they used to keep prisoners there, and so there's quite a military presence, and so there are, like, uh, like touristy sites to go to and then because it's such a small island you can ride around on a motorbike so that was lots of fun cool let me
0: check that one Then yeah, you haven't been there yet and then last question um, and we've covered a lot what advice would you give to someone who's uh, thinking of living here and we've covered insurance okay <laughs> get um, insurance apart from that what advice
1: um you grab <laughs> uh, to get around and don't drink and drive like People do it here, unfortunately, and it's so silly because the cost of getting a private driver, whether in a car or on the back of a motorbike, is so cheap here. Like, there is no excuse why you should be riding your motorbike if you're drinking. So my one rule, when I go out, if I'm going to have one drink, I'm not taking my motorbike. And it's super easy to deal with, and, like, that's kind of the rule that I go by. Mm
0: -hmm. I think you just have to plan ahead, right? Like, that's what too many people do is they don't plan ahead because you just just so line on your motorbike here so they take it and they're like oh I'm gonna have a drink and then it's like oh I've had five drinks yeah now I've got to take my bike home that's so,
1: why like I always drop off my motorbike mm. before I go out if I'm gonna go drinking so like I'll generally just ride my motorbike in the daytime and in the evening time I never take it out
0: that's good advice and if you caught drink driving you're not covered by insurance
1: yeah <laughs> yeah definitely
0: So to finish up, um, tell us about what's happening next. Tell us about the bar that you're opening. You've got so many projects. What's going on for the future?
1: Well, uh, continuing on with Vex and Rad 7, so trying to keep that going. Uh, Honey Badger events still happening. Uh, Just maybe a little bit less events because I've got a full-time thing with the bar. Um, So I'm really excited about opening this bar because it really, like, kind of, brings together kind of like my whole entire Saigon experience. It's like, I just kind of want like my own watering hole where people can come and just like hang out and like chill out. And so I can catch up with them. That's really why I'm opening a bar is so I can hang out with all my friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm doing with Matt Ryan who used to, um, who used to manage emergency room, which has been brought up yeah. in a previous co- podcast. That was a late night spot, right? That was like yes. where people
0: would end up if, Yeah, like going out
1: for a late night, and it's it's such a good spot. Yeah, Yeah. it was uh, definitely like the go-to place. I felt it was like my Cheers, where you feel like you're at home. I walked through the door, and they'd be like, they would ask me if I wanted my drink, which was uh, at that time was Long Island iced tea, no tequila, which is like probably the worst drink you can have when you're like plastered. But I'd always end up walking around with this Long Island iced tea with no tequila, probably for most of the night because I like at that point I was so blitzed. I had to, like, I had to, like, train them to, like, start offering me Jameson sodas because when you're drunk, you're just like, yeah, you say yes to whatever they tell you. So I had to, like, eventually, like, wean them off of my old drink to, like, do Jameson sodas because I was just like, oh, like, end of the night, I need that, like, the soda water to kind of hydrate me. Uh, So, yeah, no, uh, it's definitely not going to be a late night place. Like, it's going to be closed a little bit earlier, plus they're, they've got this new law that's coming in, which we'll see how it gets reinforced, but you're not supposed to have a bar open from 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. So, plus, like, as much as I love seeing every, like, you know, being at a bar, I just want to, like, close down and go somewhere else, too, where I don't have any responsibilities. (laughs) Like I said, like, clipboard at the beginning of the night, flask of whiskey at the end. Um, so I'm doing it with Matt Ryan, and so uh, it's right below Union Jacks, so it's a really convenient location. And then so we've got kind of access to the kitchen upstairs, so we'll be doing our own bar menu, but um, we, uh, but it's definitely going to be unique to our bar. And we're going to have it's kind of like a it is kind of like a beachy, ocean based concept bar. You're a little bringing bit bringing
0: it to you since you came yeah into it. <laughs>
1: exactly like I can't. I can't have access to an ocean, but maybe I'll just get that feel a little yeah. bit when I'm at the bar. So, like, that's the plan. Whether or not we pull it off, we'll see. Like, it's just, it's always, like, new, right? Like, everything is new, and you're trying to, like, figure how to, like, make it work, like, look the way you want it to. Like, what you have in your mind might not be, like, what occurs in front of you. Um, so it's definitely, like, it's definitely uh, challenges that I've never experienced. But I, like, I really, I'm just really excited, actually, because I just want to, like, just see people and hang out with them, which I do, like, all the time, but it's just kind of nice that, like, when people want to, like, come hang out, they'll know where I am, and that's always nice. Yeah,
0: that's cool. Awesome. Well, good luck with that, and I'm going to be excited to come and uh, check out your home to open quite soon, right?
1: Hopefully. We're uh, aiming for the end of this month, or beginning of July, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's it's getting con- uh there's under construction and uh we're gonna hopefully announce our name like later this week but mm. yeah there's a, a lot to get done we're gonna do some soft openings with like close friends that are forgiving <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning as all new businesses yeah, have yeah. to like work out their kinks but it'll be uh i'm excited it's uh, definitely another passion project so well,
0: thank you for, uh, first of all, listening to 7 Million Bikes, a Saigon podcast. It's funny because you maybe heard me say it a couple of times. I kind of go like, for anyone listening, and then I'm like, if anyone's listening, <laughs> you never really know. But then it's been cool to, to get feedback and hear that people are actually uh, actually listening. So that's cool. So thank you, first of all, being a listener. And thank you very much for joining me. And when I first started this, you were one of the first names that popped into my head. So I've got to interview Susan and um, find out a bit more about everything that she does oh that's as so you sweet. know, as you now understand is a lot of things so um thanks for all you do for the Saigon community and all the charities and the animals and the females and the husbands of the females and <laughs> the boyfriends of the females and uh good luck with the
1: bar thank you and uh yeah like for me it's always I'm always happy to help and like meet new people so uh that's one of the things that I love to do so if, if you guys see me you just come and say hi and like I'd love to get to know you. Awesome. All right. Thanks very much. And thanks again for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of 7 Million Bikes, the Saigon podcast. Thank you again to Susan Lee for joining me today. As always, a massive thank you to Lewis Wright for helping, or well, for not helping, for composing the theme music that uh, gets the most amount of feedback so if you love the music send me a message I'll let Lewis know also thank you to Len Nguyen for helping design the cover art that you can see on our Facebook page website everywhere that you can find the podcast that's thanks to her help if you are wanting to listen to more episodes then you can go to www.7millionbikes.com you can also now find us on Google Podcasts we're also on Apple Podcasts which used to be iTunes Stitcher Uh, iHeartRadio, we should be on there soon we're on TuneIn Radio now as well and of course Spotify so if you're enjoying the podcast, send me a message let me know what you think, if there's anyone that you want to be interviewed as well, we're starting to get people send messages about that, so that's great you can send me an email at 7millionbikes at gmail.com or just get me through Facebook so thanks again for listening, I hope you're enjoying the show, and hope you can tune in for more, Cheers. cheers
1: ống gà nướng ống thịt lột ống thịt giữa đứng cút lột bắt sao đây
0: And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link